Welcome to the DKM podcast. This is currently episode 48, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Uh, sadly, Kenny cannot be joining us. He is doing, uh, well, he's busy with his midterms. So good luck to him. Hopefully he passes, everything goes well on his end. And he'll be joining us shortly afterwards. But it's just Daniel and I, uh, we missed a week, obviously, because of the Halloween festivities. Uh, last week we usually record towards the end of the week, so there's <laughs> there's your reasoning on why we uh, we skipped a week. But uh, I had a great Halloween, spent it with the family, everything was cool, uh, barbecue, just engaging with the trick or treat festivities, and that's really it. Nothing too crazy. How about you? Did Dan? you leave a Did you leave a bowl of candy? Uh, I was at my cousin's house and we were giving out candy as kids came in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. I, I can't remember the last time, like in my neighborhood at least, the kids were trick or treating and they like dropped out, they got any candy. I remember one time when I was like, uh, I think, um, I think it was right before middle school. I, I was trick or treating one last time and like nobody was giving out candy for Halloween. I don't know why everybody in this neighborhood is just a massive stick in the mud. No one really did any decorations or anything crazy. Lately, people have been talking about how old is too old when it comes to trick or treaters and. Uh, people were talking about if you're an adult, well, uh, carting around the baby in your little, you know, your little baby wagon, uh, is that valid? And honestly, it's it, at this point, it's more of a cultural thing and not a traditional thing when it comes to Halloween. People don't even know the origins of Halloween and what it truly meant or what it truly means. So just because you don't want to give candies to adults dressed up, I mean, it's sort of like you being uh what's that called a uh what's the christmas term when you're a uh a downer when it comes to the christmas festivities a uh i think a debbie downer debbie downer yeah but there was a there was a specific name oh um a scrooge scrooge there you go and like it's it's just candy dude just give them one piece and let them be on their way, I guess. But I don't know. But obviously, when it comes to teenagers... I mean, it sucks if you're, like, babysitting kids and you're taking them trick-or-treating. You're just like, man, like, I gotta walk around with these fucking brats all day. And you're like, man, I can't get, like, a fucking Kit Kat bar. Right. You know, like, something like that. But, you know, that's why you have uh, parental figure taxes that the kids gotta pay for candy. Basically. And, honestly, if a kid's young enough, they're, they're probably not gonna complain too much. Because the, uh... While I was with my family, other people were, uh, obviously, they brought their own kids, and they did trick-or-treating. All I really want was the smallest bag of Skittles, because I haven't had Skittles in a while, and I was just craving it for that one second, but uh, it was nice. It was nice. I didn't ask. I didn't demand it. I was just like, hey, toss me a uh, toss me a Skittle over here, but at the end of the day... Just put the Skittles on the floor and give it to me. Right. So, at the end of the day, I'm, it, was, it was a nice event uh, through and through and yeah my halloween uh i well the reason why i have if i've tweeted this out that i just got really sick like really fucked up with a fever and a sore throat um and right uh right after i recovered i had to go back to work on halloween and then i was back on vacation so i took monday tuesday off mm -hmm. then wednesday thursday friday and saturday off and then i had to work on halloween and now i'm back on Monday and Tuesday off again. So, yeah, I had enjoyed my, my job during Halloween. But thankfully, it wasn't bad. There was only, like, one thing that happened. Some guy accused our valet that apparently they stole their earbuds. But it's like, dude, you have, like, 
Apple AirPods. Those things could track anything. Why the fuck are you wasting your time here? They're in Kibi Skane. You're over here in Brickle. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not that's not helping us, you know? But he was so adamant that, like, trying to get one of us in trouble, it was just, like, we it was, it was ridiculous. But whatever. Nothing really came much out of it. But, uh, yeah, it makes me... I used to get, like, super anxious going to work on the holidays because, you know, and I, I think I've told the story before where, like, back in 2020 and in, in the 4th of July when um, people were just being incredibly rude and obnoxious and they were just trying to throw as much parties as possible because everything was closed. Um, it just made me so anxious. Like, anytime I had to work on the holidays, it just always made me anxious. Like, motherfucker, I had to call a guy on Christmas Eve because he just wouldn't shut, wouldn't close a goddamn door. And now he's kicked out of the property, thank God. But, you know. It's always annoying when it work on work on the holidays. I think with regards to just treating people in general with any service, it gets even more annoying during holidays because people have this certain expectation that hey, it's the uh, it's the festiv- festivities. I should be treated a different way, or everyone should be a little bit nicer and whatnot. And especially when it comes to people drinking alcohol as well, uh, people yeah, oh to yeah, act a specific um, kind of uh, degeneracy. So. Yeah, it, it, it I, I chalk it up as just selfishness and just being a fucking prick, but whatever. That's here nor there. But, uh, yeah, Halloween really wasn't that uh, exciting. Though, I will say this, though. My favorite thing that did happen uh, during Halloween was that I uh, I convinced a friend of mine to uh, stream Five Nights at Freddy's VR for the first time. Man, that was some prime fucking content. Mm-hmm. I keep telling everybody to watch the VOD because it's, like, the funniest shit ever. Um, if I could do some selfish, uh, selfish plugging real quick, uh, you guys should check out my boy at twitch.tv forward slash soulcelest underscore. Uh, homeboy did a phenomenal Halloween stream and it was fucking hilarious. Definitely, definitely recommend you give it a watch. VR, I do like the certain atmosphere the games itself capture when you're obviously in VR. Obviously your senses are, uh, what do you call it? They're blocked. They're no longer being you're now basically invested into this thing. So what makes it better is like, if you're playing VR, just be careful where you're walking. Honestly, be aware of your surroundings before your, before you put on the goggles, because you know, people running into shelves full of vases and stuff. And it's, it's not good, you know? Yeah. So like, it's just, ah, my vase collection or just, they, they, they trip over something. Not and my it's just vase collection. Plenty of videos out there. Yeah. No, I, I had to go. I had to go to my friend's place literally on one of my days off, literally just to set up the headset and make sure I get the tracking down and make sure I get the guarding set up. And yeah, thankfully he hasn't hit anything and he hasn't broken anything, so that that's good. Um, definitely, it, it, I it was really fun. I really I'm trying my best to get him into making that content uh, available on YouTube, which we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, so, anyways, let's uh, let's move on from the from this uh, from the Halloween festivities talk. So, Marcos, any interesting things you want to talk about? Uh, maybe it's niche, I guess, when it comes to certain, uh, internet circles that you want to be in for gaming and whatnot, but, like, obviously the Bloodborne demake is coming out, so for mm-hmm. anyone who's unaware of what this game has, or that it's, what, what, what it entails, it's much like, it's basically its namesake, right? Uh, Bloodborne, that came out for the PS4. Uh, exclusively on the PS4, it's uh, it's getting a fan-made demake, and it's essentially like its namesake. It has being reverted; the graphics are being reverted to PlayStation One era graphics. So people would wonder, hey, so why would anyone want to play this? Because the original version of the game 
it looks better has better graphics and whatnot and yeah sure it's just it's just appealing to a market of people who truly enjoy uh that playstation one feel the the whole hey i kind of like uh the sound effects the 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 atmosphere that the playstation one has the lighting yeah so people are enjoying the um the environment the atmosphere xyz so it's 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 one thing that a lot of people obviously who have played the original playstation the original xbox uh so on and so forth are enjoying this polygon art i guess so it's it's bloodborne just basically downgraded graphics wise to match this playstation one atmosphere and it looks great sound effects look awesome the frame rate is super smooth and for the most part it's it's pretty nice it's pretty nice and i'm looking forward to it obviously with this this whole talk about the bloodborne demake people were talking about it's possible that bloodborne's coming to pc because of this whole playstation for pc and there's even talks about blue point working on a bloodborne 2 development so uh, right now the whole uh Bloodborne, Souls, Dark Souls, uh, Sekiro, and even Elden Ring, like at, like circle, going crazy because everything's happening one after another. Because we already know Elden Ring is getting a release date, Bloodborne remake is getting a remake, and yeah, so it's it's quite a time to be alive right now if you're in this uh, circle. How do you make it? turn it back down into a super nintendo game a playstation one game and things like that and i i look at this as just a really neat project and the fact that this was done from a community standpoint is pretty damn impressive actually i was just watching the trailer while you were mm -hmm. talking about it and uh yeah it, it definitely does look really good um mm -hmm. so i i'm definitely trying it out it's going to come out in january 31st in 2022 so that'll be something fun to stream um but yeah, Marcos did bring up recently that Sony has rebranded um, its uh, division because before mm -hmm. I think the Sony, like the PlayStation branding on like PC on Steam, for example, I think it was called like uh, Sony Mobile Gaming Department or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, as recently we found out that games like God of War, the uh, 2018, right? God of War it was 2018. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, God of War 2018 is uh, coming to PC, which is pretty damn freaking cool. Like that, that's like completely out of nowhere. It is just like, hey, we're just going to start releasing our uh, exclusives on PC, which makes me uh, pretty happy because, you know, it, at the end of the day, like I, my favorite thing, and I, I know I sound like a selfish asshole, but whenever like a console exclusive gets released on PC, my favorite thing just to read is all the me angry replies of people saying like, Oh, you abandoned us. How dare you release this game? Or they sense a cope. They start taking the copium and they'd be like, well, this game is old anyway. So who cares? You know, like enjoy your games loser. And it's just like, all right. Like, I don't know, man. Is, is it like, like the game is only good when it's an exclusive. And then when it's no longer an exclusive, it's suddenly a problem now. Right. I don't know. I, I always, I always find this shit really hilarious, but yeah, no, it, it makes sense from a marketing standpoint. Like you obviously make exclusives to sell those consoles. You companies care about, you know, the first initial sales of a game. They rarely care about the, uh, the sales afterwards. Think of it like with movies, you know, with movies, they really care about ticket prices. And then afterwards they care about if the movie does well in the rental and physical market. That's always been a, thing you know it's always been the initial buy-in how many people buy these games or these products 
when they come out you know that's how they gauge if something's a success or not you know so the fact that sony is going out of their way to make a uh, a dedicated you know brand uh department for bringing their games on pc makes me really happy it makes me really excited it makes my <laughs> selling my playstation 5 a lot less of a harder pill to swallow because yeah i I saw my PlayStation Five during the week because, uh, yeah, I saw that state of play, man. And did you watch it, Marcos? The the what? The state of play, for can you, can you repeat that? Do, do you even know what a state of play? Yeah, is? yeah, I know, but like for what? Yeah, for Sony, like the PlayStation thing. Have you seen it? Like the recent the original? One? No, the one that just happened. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, that pretty much case point exactly. If you know there's a Nintendo Direct, you're going to fucking know there's a Nintendo Direct. But, man, I don't know. Sony's state of plays are just the most boring fucking thing ever, and it just makes me sleep. And, yeah, that that state of play, man, that... Oh, man, I was really begging, you know, uh, really betting on Sony being like, hey, man, I hope they... uh, I hope they put something out there that makes me want to get a PlayStation 5 game soon because, holy shit, like... I'm not down to buy every PlayStation exclusive just because it's a PlayStation exclusive, but uh, yeah, no. I, I after that state of play, I was just like, man, I'm 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 done. I can't. I I'm I'm sorry. It's been what like six months since I had the system, and again, the only three games I've been playing is Demon Souls and the Spider-Man games. That's it. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sell it now. When Spider-Man Two comes out, I might pick it up again, and hopefully there'll be more games to play and the system will be more readily available. I think when it comes to playstation as a whole i still don't see quite the uh what do you call this the the need to get a playstation 5 the same way i don't see a a big need to get a place uh an xbox series x and s and when it comes to consoles as a whole seeing the uh what do you call this seeing the market going from pc instead of consoles and by that i mean even exclusivities um exclusive titles just honing in into the pc market because obviously microsoft has been wanting to tap into this market and now game pass is is rather darn well successful although game pass is a lot superior on consoles than it is on pc uh i'm pretty sure microsoft is trying to keep their their clientele there uh trying to make it more convincing for you to get a xbox console which i guess makes sense but yeah with regards to- i i'm willing to bet that that's that's the main thing they're betting on that they're not trying to be like you know hey look at all you know look at all these exclusives it's more like hey buy our console and pay a, a month uh, a monthly subscription fee you get access to this gigantic library right so when it comes to uh playstation going on pc i'm pretty sure they're just tapping into that market because uh i'm pretty sure both Microsoft and Sony know about the whole, hey, we're getting issues with creating stock for our consoles or new gen consoles and not enough people getting it because people keep complaining about it. People keep getting uh, uh, saying that, hey, I don't want to buy from a scalper. I'm pretty sure some PR team is in charge of this or some team out there is, is, is aware of all this that's happening. And honestly, at the end of the day, Sony and... Mm, yeah, Sony and Microsoft, I'm sure they're absolutely aware of the current state of the console market. So seeing how PC 
has become a little bit more easier, a little bit more uh, organized when it comes to actually having a rig. Uh, even pre-built PCs aren't as bad as they once were in the past. It's it's it seems that tapping into this market that exists already is something that PlayStation or Sony and Microsoft have been wanting to do for a while. But it seems like um, Sony is finally biting the bullet and saying we're just gonna do PC now fully. Uh, well, not fully, but with certain games. Now, I don't quite. Un- yeah, it's more like, it's more like they're gonna be like, hey, we're gonna release a console exclusive, and then years, three years down the line, when the game isn't making money on the system anymore, we're just gonna sell it on PC so people could just buy the game again. Right. So I think with regards to, um, with regards to the people who have this whole no, it's gotta be an exclusive for this console only. Honestly, it's. You're not convincing anyone here with your emotional rhetoric because the amount of games that have been uh, released exclusively on one console and then within the week it's already on PC because someone just basically transferred it over because it is it is what it is. Like with Dread, Metroid Dread, with uh, Breath of the Wild, with Bloodborne, people managed to just like rip the game and now it's playable for PC because a team of people just said, hey, look at what we did. Now you can download the game if you want. Uh, sure. Then that is might... there a way to play Bloodborne on PC? I'm sure there's there there's a backdoor way to do it. Uh, I mean, like I'm just saying, cause there's uh, because there's a lot of like really shitty uh, fake emulators that come around and say like, hey, download this PlayStation 4 emulator. We definitely know what we're doing. I get it. I get it. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything about it, but seeing how there's plenty of like memes out there. One famous meme is the Bloodborne cart. And that was obviously done on PCs where they start racing on a on the cart that takes you to Kanehurst. And it's obviously something that was not done on console. So it Well, yeah, but that's a whole separate thing altogether. No, because someone was able to rip it into PC and then use that to make a meme out of it, which was Bloodborne Cart. All I'm saying is is that uh, I'm sure there's a there's someone out there, a team of people even. By a team, I mean maybe like a, like a handful of people, just like hey, we can do this, and they just do it. But regardless, like those people who are just console elitist, I guess, uh, saying that hey, you should, this game is now worth less because now it's no longer exclusive. Like, eh, I guess you can stay hating the world in your little bubble, but it's not gonna really change anything because companies still want to make their money. But exactly. What are the main? And these companies aren't your best fucking friend. They see you as a number. Basically, uh, same thing with any job market too. But with regards to having Bloodborne, like a lot of people bought a PlayStation Four just for Bloodborne, uh, and I did. Eventually, they bought other exclusives on there because obviously, uh, Insomniac Spider Man was a game that people even bought PlayStation Fours for as well. They're like, dang, this game looks amazing, so they just bought a PlayStation just for it same thing with god of war uh it it, it's the thing that like really really got them to play it because there are some people who went from playstation 3 to pc and once they saw the gameplay for i don't know it it could be a spider-man game it could be god of war it could be horizons they they saw the gameplay they were convinced or bloodborne right and they're like dang i'm gonna get a playstation now even though i don't want to go back to console this game is not legitimately on pc so i gotta do what i gotta do so uh at the end of the day, it's your money. Do what you want. But uh, I'm excited for this new venture. Obviously, I'm enjoying the Xbox games on PC since I have Game Pass. 
Uh, I wonder if this PlayStation on PC is going to be tied with PS Now. Uh, I never quite understood the whole hatred for having multiple launchers because it doesn't quite bother me because honestly, are you playing a whole bunch of games on like 20 different launchers like within a week? More than likely, you're just focusing on one main game and every now and then you pick up a different game and you launch it. Uh, unless you're streaming and you stream a whole bunch of different games then maybe, but like does the whole having multiple launchers ever bother you? Because like I can imagine having Game Pass launcher or games to, you know to launch your game games on Game Pass. Now your PlayStation launcher, your Epic, your Steam, yada yada yada. Does that really bother you, Daniel? Because not for me, not really. I mean, I go, I I see the argument. It's like mainly the the complaint usually attracts towards like uh, the Epic Game Store. Like that's like the main point of contention where it's like. A lot of people find still find the Epic Game Store like experience still kind of lame, and you know with also the things that like a good example. I'm having this problem right now where it's like I really want to replay the Kingdom Hearts games, but I really want to buy them on PC because I heard a lot of good things about the PC port and you know high you know unlock frame rate and things like that. And it's like you know I I want to get it right, but every time like I start looking into it, I see 1.5 and 2.5 is still like 50 bucks. 2.8 is like still 40. Um, and Kingdom Hearts 3, granted, with the DLC, it's still $60. And to me, I already own those games on PlayStation 4. But if you know me, I'm the kind of guy that's like, I'll buy a game on console. And then as soon as it comes out on PC, I'll just buy it on PC for convenience and just for not having to play it through a system. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. The I, I never really, like, complained about, like, multiple launchers. I just think that people don't like the fact that when a game is no longer available on Steam, you don't get the benefits like Steam uh, friends, uh, Steam discounts, blah, 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 blah. It's it's mainly that's the point of contention. There's a, there's a launcher called GOG Galaxy that tries to kind of put all your launchers together into one thing. And it works okay. I mean, it does do a good job, but it kind of gets, like, really cluttered. Um, and to put in perspective, Marcos, like I just opened this up right now. The number of launchers I have, let's see, I have Steam, Ubisoft Connect, Origin, which should be replaced with EA Play, God Galaxy, Rockstar, Twitch, because Twitch has its own launcher, Battle.net, Epic Game Store, Xbox. Uh, I don't know if you want to count like the Oculus uh, as a launcher. Um, let's see. And you have the Bethesda Net launcher, which I don't even know why. I, I think I probably have like a game there or something. Cause like the only game I can think of that you need the Bethesda launcher is Fallout 76. And Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, but that's also, yeah. Oh, and Elder Scrolls Online, but I don't want to play that. But then again, those games, wait, isn't Fallout 76 on Steam now? I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, that's just the main point of contention. It's just people, it's sort of like, oh yeah, Fallout 76 is on Steam now. Um, it's just it's people just like to have everything on one platform and they just don't see things like the Epic Game Store as like a fair competition, you know, and like, I really want to buy the Kingdom Hearts games on PC, but damn, it's really difficult for me to be like, I got to spend like over a hundred dollars to get all the games on PC when I already own them on PlayStation 4 and you could buy the all in one collection on PlayStation 4 for like 20 bucks on the average. Like that's like the regular price nowadays. The only thing that really like with regards to your mindset and attitude when it comes to owning a game on console and owning it on pc like i can agree with the whole yeah i would love to own this game on pc if i already own it on a console but the only thing that's really pushing me back is two things either save file and cross play because if i can if the game is both cross save and cross platform like destiny i have no problem with it right i'll, I'll, pay, I'll play it on my playstation i'll play it on my xbox and i'll play it on my pc and I'll have the problem. The only backdraw is obviously I only have DLC for one platform and not for all three platforms. 
Um, so that being said, the my main concern with that is like I'm playing the hell out of Fallout 76 ever since I got my PlayStation 5 because the load times are severely cut. And I've been enjoying the game with two friends. We've been playing nonstop, and it's just been, it's been fun. So, I would prefer to play it on PC because mouse and keyboard is just superior in any shooter. But the thing is, there is obviously no cross save nor cross platform. So, those are the like the only things that's stopping me from buying a game both on console and on PC. The only thing that does convince me is like maybe it goes like on sale or maybe it's on the humble bundle or something like that that i'll just pick it up or it's given to me right but like um before i had my pc i had call of duty cold war on my console and then i got my pc i got it there because obviously it's a shooter gotta play it on pc you know so uh i did that and that's the last game i had that's that i share both on console and on pc now with this new call of duty vanguard i'm like i have it on pc but i'm not gonna get it on console because there's no point so it is right it is. i don't know why would you i can't think of a situation aside from maybe the switch where it's like i'll buy a game on console and i mean on pc and then buy it on on like console afterwards like i think that's just kind of like defeats the purpose and also like another reason why is that i play on a 1440p monitor so going from a 1080p resolution like screen on that monitor looks really fuzzy and really bad so that's another reason why like i'd like to buy my games on pc whenever they come available and that's another thing though like usually whenever a game does get released on pc you know they know that most people are probably going to rebuy the game because they already own it on console so usually they incentivize it my this is a later port of the p uh, uh of a game on pc they usually like sell it at a discount you know just to be like hey you know we're gonna sell you the game at a discount with the dlc to incentivize people to pick it up but i get you know like kingdom hearts like you probably had to put some r&d and the ports are good from what i've heard you know i get you got to make your money back but man square it's really hard for me to spend over 120 dollars like i said when you constantly put the all-in-one package for 20 dollars and it's like uh i don't know maybe i'll sell my ps4 copies and just get it on on the epic game store when it rarely goes on sale like it, at best i've seen it was like 40 percent off maybe 30 to 40 percent off but we'll have to wait and see with regards to having games both on console going at a specific price and obviously uh having it on pc at a completely different price or a higher price with regards in this case it's going to be kingdom hearts the only reason people pay the 60 dollar price point for a game is because that's what we're used to it's what we are accustomed to now obviously the new gen consoles are doing the 70 dollar price point which sony started and um it seems like it's going to stay with it but with regards to that like honestly people still pay full price for a game that's digital when if you look at the research and if you look at the data like you should be paying less but obviously that's not that's not how it works and people still well shit back in the day in the super nintendo you had to pay like 80 dollars and you had to pay almost 200 dollars with the fucking plaque attack on the atari that's true that's true people weren't aware that games back then didn't cost 60 bucks uh but that's become the norm now obviously sony's pushing for the 70 dollar ones which people are going on with uh and some other companies are pushing for even a higher price point like uh is vanguard uh 70 dollars on pc mm, i'm not sure i can't remember because i pre-purchased it let me check ago, so all i know is, is that when it comes to just pricing because it's 
been out for a while on consoles. Obviously, the the defense there is a, uh, it's been out for a while. N uh, our market's already saturated with enough games, so if we put it on sale, maybe we'll pick up a few. But obviously, on PC, it's still fresh. Technically, it's still fresh, and we're gonna have it full sale, uh, full price on it. Because sure, we have it on other consoles that are, other consoles have it cheaper, but it's never been truly released on PC. So people who only have a PC. And want to buy the game legitly well it is what it is you got to buy this or just deal with it uh, but either way when it comes to just price difference things I'm pretty sure the PlayStation one will always be more expensive because I, I don't know if Vanguard is actually uh, $70 that's a, that's a good question to ask because because I know that Battlefield 2042 is uh, is a uh, um, is not uh, $70 for PC yeah, for PC. I remember that was a big uh, when uh, when the game went on pre-order, which I'm not gonna get. I'm sorry, I, I, that beta completely fizzled out any interest I had in that game. <laughs> yeah, the the beta and the alpha have really turned off a lot of people with regards to. I'm just not a big fan of the specialist system. I think it defeats the purpose of ever making a class in the Battlefield games. It's it's literally like playing like Call of Duty, but like without any of the fucking like i don't know man like i went back to play battlefield one when uh when when the beta dropped because i was just like not having a fun time man but i was having the time of my life playing battlefield one again because the servers got populated again and dude like after years of like little quality of life changes because i've always told people like my go-to battlefield game was always battlefield one i never really liked battlefield three or four i'm sorry to you battlefield four you know diehard fans i just i couldn't get into it i don't like the aesthetic and i really don't like the fucking bloom effect and i just thought it was an eyesore and it just wasn't it just wasn't for me right, right. but battlefield one man that game was so much fun was so so much more fun for me and i don't know i just don't like the specialist system in, in 2042 it's like you had it was it was so simple you had a healer class that only could use weapons that a healer class could use you have the uh the the fucking heavy class because they have the lmgs they could carry a little bit more but when you could start putting any weapon on anybody and you could run all, like five medics what's the point why would you ever bother switching classes that point just run a medic and heal everybody around you right i just i uh man i don't know that that beta really and the technical issues aside and things like that i don't know that that beta really uh, I don't know. It's it's not doing it for me, man. Vanguard is sixty on PC and a hundred for the special yeah. or the ultimate edition, uh, which comes mm. with a little like some in-game bonuses. But oh yeah, of course. Yeah, but with twenty forty-two, a lot of people had the same similar issues that you were you brought up with regards to like class setups, weapon selects, and also uh, how it just runs on PC. Uh, obviously, well, on consoles, well, because like Actman was doing a whole video explaining all the bugs and glitches he dealt with and. Uh, on the Xbox One, and it was a fucking shit show. That's true. Uh, but it turns out that our PC got the shorter end of the stick as well. But honestly, with regards to 2042, obviously people are excited to see a new Battlefield game that's not... that, that Or at least that sort of feels like the like the games you don't care much about, the, the Battlefield 3s and 4s. But the... Yeah, a lot of people have been ha having issues with these bugs. And sure, the game could be... in you use the excuse that the game isn't in beta but like the beta ended what a while ago and the game releases a month after it's going to be really it's releasing in five days so yep like is is that enough all time? i'm gonna say guys no i don't think so you know what i'm gonna say right now mm -hmm. remember battlefield 4 at launch remember battlefield 4 at launch you remember i remembered 
that was a shit show. What did we learn from that, gamers? My fellow gamers, you don't buy these games at launch. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be fucked. Wait a couple months and get the game cheaper and it's going to run better for you. I think I think 2042 early access is on Friday. So if you have uh, whatever the uh, Battlefield edition you're getting or whatever EA subscription you have, uh, you'll be getting it early. And then its actual release date is the 19th, like for the rest of the world. Yeah, I'm, uh, thankfully, I don't have to worry about even buying it because it's already on Game Pass. So I'll give it a try, but I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. But then again, I need to upgrade my processor. So yeah, but Daniel, I'm not expecting miracles. To your your whole wait a couple months for the game, you don't want to be one of those Christmas noobs that everyone makes fun of because you're getting you're starting to play the game on January. And you're gonna be made, you're gonna be made fun of because you get the game no winter seasons. Don't you know? Yeah, at least I won't be make fun of for buying a buggy game at launch. I don't think I've ever I'd rather go of anyone who bought the game on like at Well, like, yeah, you're not a fucking loser, that's the point. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I've never made fun of anyone, you know, actually making just buying the game from the get-go. I'm just saying like, hey, you shouldn't really complain about a game that's actually buggy at launch because that's really how it goes. You're technically the Well, I mean, another Well, I I haven't I I wouldn't I would say more like, hey, man, like, you know, it sucks that you got a buggy game at launch, but you should have probably practiced a little bit better consumerism. Um, but at the same time, these companies shouldn't get the pass either, you know? Like, if you release a game, it should be fucking playable, not, you know, broken. Well, I get that. Listen, as much as I want to give the benefit of the doubt of, like, hey, you know, perhaps they were going through some nonsense and whatever, the only reason why these games can't be delayed and you should know this is because uh, in this corporate environment, investors want to see the returns and they don't like the idea of delays. They don't like the idea of waiting out to make sure everything's working. They were told projections. They were told when they should see it and they expected to be true. You didn't just lie to them that a game was going to be released this day did you but now you have to delay it two more times so like that's one of the things that with cyberpunk and uh like that yeah with cyberpunk i have to like give them i have to defend them in one way because obviously the investors want their returns they want to see their returns they want to see and their investment actually bear fruit so obviously these investors aren't going to be playing games they don't, they don't care about it all they care about is that the company makes a good game that being said profit margins huh yeah of course pr profit margins so of course when it comes to like obviously we have an outlier which is halo infinite that got delayed basically a year and i'm so happy that it got delayed a year because the game looks so much better so much more polished so much cleaner smoother sexier hotter all the other adjectives you could put in there but i'm sure the investors weren't entirely happy about it but seeing how Microsoft works with regards to how they have the control over in uh, in their gaming industry. Uh, I'm not, I'm pretty sure it worked differently with regards to investors, but obviously with games like this, how Battlefield is is going, I'm pretty sure the some investor uh, that control or help with Dice, EA, etc. They don't want to see delays. They just want to see the product out there and make money. Obviously, everything will flock to this game, even though it's a uh, in not the best of states, much like with Battlefield 4. Either way, 
investors just want their money back. Who cares about video games? Yeah, but I'm not going to feel bad for a giant company conglomerate to tell their audience, like, hey, your game is going to come out at this time. Pre-order the game. Make sure you get the super special ultimate limited edition. It's like, oh, sorry, the game doesn't work. Ha ha. Like, no, I'm not going to feel bad for that. Like, no, you're not an indie dev. You're a fucking company with a bunch of investors. Like, I'm not going to feel bad for you. You shouldn't make. I'm not going to. Don't play the fucking sympathy card to me. Like, just don't release a game that's broken. If it needs time to be worked on, delay the fucking game. Right. Like to call our man Shigeru Miyamoto, a delayed game, uh, you know, a delayed game could be great. Uh, a uh, rush game is forever bad. Like, there's a reason for that fucking quote. Well, of course, and Shigeru Miyamoto being a developer, it's if only the world worked that way. But obviously, much like how everything became more and more corporatized, it's it's not that easy anymore with regards to making games. Like even even games that are delayed, not even delayed. Yeah, even games that are delayed. And they've really, really, really been put through, like, the iron to make sure they can take out any wrinkles in this game. Like, the game is still going to have a good amount of bugs. Like, even though Windows 10 has basically been out for years, there's still bugs with it. There's still updates. Oh, yeah. Microsoft. Because you're... Well, huh? Well, I was just going to say, because, like, the thing with OS bugs like that, you're comparing people who have an OS that's been around for longer than the OS that just came out. Like, Windows 11, is it out for the consumers yet? Um, I think so. I'm not sure. Or, like, that's that's going to be the same fucking thing. I, I didn't like Windows 8. A lot of people didn't like Windows 8. So what they did is they're just like, okay, I'm going to wait for Windows. Uh, I'm just going to go back to Windows 7 because that's been around the longest and it works for sure. So I'm just going to stick using Windows 7. I didn't use Windows 8 even after 8.1. I stuck with Windows 7 because that's the operating system that it that we just knows works better. Uh, It looks like October 4th and 5th. Microsoft officially released Windows 11. Mm -hmm. e either way, uh, with regards to some of these games, like it sucks that a lot of game devs have to be pushed through crunch time. And for anyone who's who knows anything about crunch time or uh, knows that it's not the healthiest of states to be in, mentally, physically, because you're 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 being forced to basically not forced. I'm sorry. You're really, really, really. Uh, what's the word? Convinced. Employed. Convinced, right? To, to by your uh, higher ups, right? To say like, hey, this game needs to come out. We expect this to be done. I told my bosses it'll be done by the end of the week. I know it's gonna take two weeks, but you know, see what we can do, right? And obviously, they gotta push for uh crunch times because there's no way they can meet that deadline so it is what it is but yeah so no one wants to piss off well anyone i'll tell you them, this so. i'll tell you this marcos like i get it look getting it delayed is 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 not fun it's it's a shitty situation for both you know players that are excited and and you know these companies that just want to get these games out and they want to let their people enjoy it but here's the thing though I could give you a perfectly good example of a delay that did happen, and people are more than understanding. Not everybody, of course. There are going to be people like, you know, I, I listen, I'm going to be up front. I've never been that kind of guy that's like, I'm going to use my PTO time to go play a game at launch. I, I don't know. That's just not for me. Like, look, I like video games as much as the next guy, but I'm not going to use, you know, because we live in you know in our in our current system, you know, PTO is a fucking it's it's the it's a What's the word? It's a privilege, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something that you're always going to have. So, yeah, sure I don't know. I'm not one of those kinds of... I agree. Um, uh, 
I'm not going to be the kind of guy that's going to use my PTO time to, like, go play a game at launch. Like, I, the only thing close that ever happened was that I was transferred from one department to another right in the middle of the time where, like, Metal Gear Solid Five was dropping. And I was like, okay, cool. That's just a happy coincidence. But I didn't purpose, purposely plan for that, right? right? And I could give you a good example of a delay that did happen. And people are more than understanding because, you know, they know that they trust that the developers are going to deliver a great product because that's what they've been doing. Um, Final Fantasy 14, you know, Final Fantasy 14 with the, uh, you know, with the extended play demo that allows you to play the critically acclaimed expansion Heaven's Word up to level 60 with no limits on playtime. You know, that Final Fantasy 14. Um, and Walker got delayed for a uh, it was going to come out earlier this month, and uh, they said, you know, Yoshi P, the producer, just said, hey, look, I, you know, I understand you guys are really excited, but as I keep playing the expansion as it is right now, there's so much more content I want to add. There's so much better things, and I know, I, and you know what, the part that really fucks me up is that the fact that he says, like, I'm, I feel like I'm selfish for making you guys have to wait a little longer, but it's because I want to make sure I'm giving you guys the great experience that we're promising you. And all I've been seeing on Twitter is people saying, like, no, Yoshi P, it's cool, man. Don't sweat it. You know, we know you're going to deliver. We're going to do this, this, and that. We're, you know, we know that you're going to deliver a hell of expansion after, you know, delivering so many good expansions for Final Fantasy fourteen. You know, a lot of people are more than understanding. But, you know, how many cases do we hear people do that anymore? Most of the time when people hear a game delay, they either get really bitter or start getting worried. or like, well, why is the game getting delayed? Is it because of a technical problem? Is it this or that? You know, I... I just think that, like, what bothers me the most is, like, when you delay games so many times and then it's still a buggy piece of shit, then it makes me wonder, well, what the fuck were you doing? Well, why? I, I guess, let me let me address your biases here. Uh, first and foremost, with Bias, regards okay. to the Final Fantasy XIV, has always been pumping out great stuff. Like, I mean, Final Fantasy XIV, when it first released, it was, um... It well, was yeah, it was a shit show. We trash. all know that, but... Yeah, yeah, but with regards to that, like, I, I, I think, obviously, it all depends on the consumers themselves because people were really focusing on the minority because i'm pretty sure for the most part if any game gets delayed everyone's like oh well damn that sucks but like everyone really really focused on like cyberpunk 2077 with all these threats death threats and whatever but obviously it was in the minority and given the total uh state of of social media how everyone focuses on the minority right the 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 loud minority it is a it like people just think that everyone was like that but no for the for the most part obviously it's it was total but that some devs got death threats because i took this time off now i have no more pto left yada 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 well that's on you buddy it's called being an adult learn how to time manage all right mm -hmm. but uh like when the game gets delayed like even with halo infinite getting delayed even that was received well like the delayed oh yeah because the initial reveal was kind of mm, questionable the same thing with sonic the hedgehog right like that game when well i mean that game i'm sorry the that movie we're talking about sonic 06 no, here you no, mean the epitome sonic of the rush movie when that when that oh movie okay was delayed, it was received well obviously because there was flaws but uh when cyberpunk 2077 was uh delayed and they gave the reasonings yeah the minority people focus on the minority it is what it is that's what human biology does we focus on the negatives a lot more than the positives but Oh well, but when it comes to like thanks evolution. But when it comes to this, this uh, uh, when it comes to the uh, what Yoshida said about delaying it, yeah, people are, are still happy with the current product because they're playing the current product, you know. So they're they're fine just just with that what they have right now. And if the guy says, hey, the next expansion is gonna be cool, it is what it is. Obviously, it's working a whole lot better than Destiny Two because Destiny Two deleted a lot of content, uh, so the game isn't so big and 
now they're releasing this new DLC, this new expansion, with at an absurd cost, and it's just, it's just nonsense. But yeah, at least wait. So they're gonna release DLC for a game that just went free to play. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, not right. just well, it's been whatever. free to play for for some time now. Well, yeah, I know, but it's just kind of weird. I mean, like, I get it. If, like, you need to make your returns or something, and if, if the expansions are the only way these games are making any money, like, okay, that's fine. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really excited for Endwalker. It sucks that it's, it's delayed till December, but, you know, I'm willing to wait. And besides, the way I look at it is, like, there's a lot of, you know, because whenever you're playing, like, an MMO, there's a lot of, like, pre-expansion content you want to do because you have that uh free, because you have that time in between the expansions. So the way I look at it is, like, oh, man, Endwalker do- got delayed. But the way I look at it is, like, well, Shadowbringers just got extended. Right. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Endwalker. So I'll definitely play that um, when it releases in December 3rd or early access drops. But, uh, yeah, I actually want to talk about this really big topic that was announced. While ironically, while I was really sick, I, I got some really good news. Uh, so, if you guys didn't know, um, I have recently tried streaming on YouTube instead of uh, Twitch TV. So, if you, you know, selfless plug here, you know, follow me on YouTube uh, at Pepper Life TV on YouTube. Um, I tried out streaming on YouTube uh, earlier this week, actually, which was on, what's it? No, Friday. It was Friday. I streamed um, uh, I streamed Apex Legends on the YouTube streaming experience. And the reason why I did that is because – and I think I, I've made – when we did that episode talking about streaming on Twitch versus YouTube, Marcos, you know, I've always said that my biggest complaint I always felt with YouTube was that as far as like the streaming side of thing goes was that I always felt that YouTube always treated streaming like it was an afterthought. Like, yeah, you could stream on YouTube, but it's not a streaming platform. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think YouTube really properly, like, narrates it. Like, hey, we don't only just do video content. We also let people do live streams. And unless you're subscribed already to a live streamer, it makes it a little bit difficult for people to even know that live streams even happen on YouTube. But I guess they're doing something right now because as I'm, you know, as I was uh, looking up footage and things like that, I've noticed that I was recommended in the uh, recommended tab a lot of a lot of live streams. I never got any of these like live stream recommendations on the related videos. So I think they're they're working something on the algorithm right now. But yeah, so earlier this week, um, the head of YouTube Gaming basically posted out an update that a lot of features are being added to YouTube streaming that a lot of people have been asking for, mainly gifted memberships. And I've always told people that, that listen, one of the bigger things I've always said is that YouTube streamers do make less money than Twitch streamers. Judging from, from math and judging from what I've seen, uh, one of the bigger reasons is that there's no gifted sub option on youtube it looks like youtube is working on fixing that they are implementing finally gifted memberships which from what i've heard certain streamers when they switched over to youtube like they were promised that like yeah gifted subs are going to be a thing on youtube it's going to come but like then they switched over and two years in and they're like hey i don't even think this thing's going to fucking happen because i haven't heard a word about it you know and i tried following the youtube gaming um twitter page to keep up to updates to see if they add anything but i guess the main strat is to just follow the head of that department so yeah look up the uh youtube the head of youtube streaming uh or youtube gaming he'll he'll give you the updates that you need right so that's pretty cool that's really good that's going to definitely help incentivize people to be like okay if i'm switching over from twitch to switching over to youtube this is going to be a less uh less harder pill to swallow uh because now i could just you know know that there's another way to make that money because that's how streamers make money on on twitch was that they get money through bits and subscriptions and gifted subs is definitely a bigger thing i've seen people gift me subs for twitch channels i only tune into a handful of times like i think i got like a gifted sub for symphony and rcd i think no i forgot the basically the guy who streams himself in in japan all the time he's really cool um 
and I thought that was really cool. They said that they're improving the algorithm, which judging by what I'm seeing right here, it looks like they're definitely doing it. Like, while I was looking up uh, footage for Call of Duty Vanguard, uh, I, I said earlier that I'm getting a lot of uh, uh, streams on my recommend on my related videos, so that's pretty good. Um, they said that they're also going to introduce a feature to improve the clipping on YouTube streaming, which makes me happy because the clipping on YouTube streaming doesn't work like Twitch, where it's like when you clip, it's like a separate little video. It's more like they give you a timestamp from A to B, and you could kind of like clip the video like that, but it's it's not like Twitch, to basically what I'm saying. Um, and I think the last thing that they mention is, uh, let's see, gifted subs, prove algorithm, clipping, oh, and rating. They, they basically worded it a little differently because, again, YouTube doesn't want to use like subscriptions and grades. They use like basically rating you know you know what that rating is right marcos where you take your audience from your stream and you push them all to another stream just to kind of like give a little bit of exposure uh to your to another streamer right and speaking about exposure and i i think that this is what makes this whole news update so interesting around the same time that youtube uh gaming announces all these features that people have been wanting a lot of people are excited they're more like okay I'm, I'm more comfortable switching over you know from twitch to youtube assuming that the exclusivity contract runs out um twitch announces a similar feature that pissed a lot of people off so what twitch announced around this time was that one of the biggest complaints uh, it, it being a streamer in general especially a new streamer is getting known out there because i've always argued that streaming or live streams in general are very not searchable content you can't like type into a search bar and find exactly what you're looking for on the live stream compared to a youtube video right so that's why whenever people are you know look up advice like hey how do i grow as a streamer how do i go as a streamer the best advice they tell you is like hey you got to make content on youtube you got to make content on tiktok you got to make content this or there because those platforms and that video content is what makes it much more accessible and searchable and better yet more like uh uh like it just has a better algorithm you know what i'm saying so obviously though if you're just a streamer and you don't have people who are making content for you it makes it difficult for you to grow right um you twitch announces something that they figured would solve the problem but of course with monetary gain on their end so twitch announces this feature called boosting which essentially what it is is that you pay twitch a certain amount and then you get that person's live stream and it appears more on people's recommended live streams on the home page right and Obviously, that pissed a lot of people off because, for one thing, though, that's not the responsibility of the streamer. That's the responsibility of the streamer's audience, you know, because at many social platforms, including like, tech, uh, I think like Twitter is the best example I could think of. You could pay like money towards the company and be like, hey, I want my tweet to get like really blow the fuck up. Like, I want you to kind of get this tweet promoted. You know what I'm saying? So that's on the stream that's on the on the on the uh, owner of the account responsibility right but the fact that twitch could come up to you and just be like hey man you know that five dollars you're about to give that guy because you want to help him pay his rent because you really want to support him make sure he doesn't go to bed hungry you know why don't you give us that money and maybe we can make him a star you know and of course that pissed a lot of people off because it's like imagine you're you want a solution to a problem and they're like okay we can solve it to you but you got to pay us for it and it's like what the fuck you know well I, I've never liked the whole phrasing that, hey, this guy needs $5 donations to pay rent or t so he's not hungry. If if, if this streamer is at that point, then he that streamer is doing something wrong and should not be doing only streaming or 
if anything, taking well, I mean, a break like, from it, streaming and more like, somewhere else because honestly, that's that's not a good argument to have with regards to boosting. Because come on, five dollars just so they can pay rent. I listen. If I can go no, somewhere dude, with five no, 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 no. rent, I want to be there. No, no, you're missing. No, you're I know missing your point. I know your point exactly. Boosting as a whole doesn't seem all that like as a good idea that Twitch should implement. It should fix a whole lot of other issues it has. But being recognized or trying to get recognized on Twitch is is literally one in a billion chance because Twitch is not a platform for those who are nobodies to become noticeable. Twitch has never been like that. I never recommend anyone starting from the ground up to just going to, into Twitch. That's a horrible example, and especially if you're doing exclusively Twitch. You'll never be recognized. But if this is their workaround on how horrible their algorithm is, algorithm is with regards to getting people noticed then it's kind of lacking plus they have to pay it there is one line i didn't like what you said that it's the responsibility of the audience to help boost you and honestly there is no responsibility on the audience period except give you the audience if they want to tune in no 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 what i mean by that is that as going back to the twitter example me as the tweeter could boost that tweet but Imagine if you want to do that and you want to help me out, you have to pay Twitter to boost my right, tweet. Right, right, of course. That's what I'm talking about. Of course. About. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to give the option to the streamer to be like, hey, here you go. Like, here's an exploit. Just pay us five bucks and we'll get your stream more popular. Okay, that's, you know, that's still scummy. But at least, you know, if I do that, that's my decision. You know what I'm saying? But Twitch is basically going up to the viewer of your stream, come up to you and be like, hey, man, you know that $5 you're about to give them to support this chap? Why don't you give it to us, you know? Well, maybe make him a star like that's that's scummy. That's a little bit lamey. And that's also kind of like emotionally manipulating your fucking their, their audience in a certain way. And like the, the thing when I said about like the five dollars pay the rent, it's just like, dude, I, I don't know, man. Like maybe maybe you're, you're not like me, but like when you get that first donation, that's kind of nice. That's like, hey, someone just says, hey, I really like your content. Here's you know, here's five bucks. Like you entertained the shit out of me. You know what I'm right. saying? And that. like I know like. And trust me, and I get it. Like, I know where you're coming from. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of people on the internet that, like, get really fucking money grubby. They start demanding money every fucking minute, and this isn't that. I, I get where you're coming from, but I'm just saying is that to some people, it's like they like a content creator so much where it's like, you know, what's the difference if, like, I like a content creator, I want to buy their fucking merch. Like, I'm still supporting them, but what's the difference? Like, well, I don't want to buy their shirt, but I'm just going to give them five bucks because, hey, man, this guy gives me some good fucking content. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Like, that's, that's, that's what I mean, you know? No. To use your example, I guess, you could use that $5 and donate them. However, statistically speaking, and obviously this is a new thing, has it has this been implemented already? Is this already out, the, the Twitch boosting? Uh, from what I understand, it was in beta. Uh, let me look. Let me see if it's, like, officially a thing. Because I don't know. Like, the response was so bad that... Um, that I, I, I don't know if Twitch is still... Yeah, no, boost the stream. Yeah, it's still a thing. Okay, because... We don't know exactly how uh, how exactly it works because a lot of a lot of other websites have similar ideas where you if you pay a subscription for an upgraded service you gain certain abilities or certain extra goodies like you get to boost a certain um, creator and it's artwork right so like you don't you don't have to pay to do the option. There's, like, this upgraded tier list. Like, hey, here's a standard user. They make their account, whatever. Then there's User Plus. And User Plus has all these goodies. And they can boost a specific artwork uh, that will be 
that will allow it to be seen by more people. And that ends up guaranteeing at least 500 viewers. Now, imagine in Twitch, if you pay five bucks, it guarantees 500 people get recommended to you. And it could lead to other people rating you, other people noticing you, and yada, yada, yada. It could be a net positive. However, if this is a beta thing or it's still being done, like, I, I can understand why it's sort of booty. But if, like, you pay five bucks or multiple people, like, let's just say 10 people pay five bucks, right? And you're literally mm -hmm. plastered, like, at the top of the recommended list or uh, let's just say you want to watch Dead by Daylight or, or Warzone or Apex, right? And at the very, very top four lines, you're somewhere in there. Well, like, dang, that's that's some pretty good recognition. Obviously, I'm not aware how it works with regards to this whole Twitch boosting thing, because honestly, I, I still recommend YouTube streaming, even though it is true that YouTube have seen streaming as, as, as a secondary thing. I recommend going on Facebook or on YouTube, mainly because of the algorithm and how broken it is, because both platforms have a over 2 billion confirmed users. And it's just, it's crazy how, how the AI knows exactly what you need, because even the smallest things you do will definitely boost uh, uh, your results or your recommendation of your streaming channel to some running Mo Schmo in Australia because he likes he likes the exact same things you like and he's getting recommended your live streams. But that's something I covered in our live stream episode. But with this with this whole movement towards uh, YouTube streaming doing a whole doing a lot better uh i like to bring up the whole youtube music thing like i did in my past episode like it, it, it's something that's not like spotify that spotify doesn't like spotify has its reach in a lot of things like you connect it to your console you can connect it to a whole bunch of other things that youtube music doesn't but it doesn't have the library that youtube music has at this point so like you, you have to pick your well because it has the benefit of being fucking youtube right. so like people could still upload their own thing like i can't listen to fucking death grips tachyon on spotify because it's not there yet but i could still pull it up on youtube music because someone uploaded it right. so the only thing that i i truly enjoy about spotify is just connecting it like if i'm on ps5 and i'm playing fallout 76 and i want to listen to music for my own playlist playlist right there's spotify but youtube music doesn't have that that luxury but uh, but again, it's YouTube, right? But YouTube is going through that same thing, but it's in a market where it doesn't treat streaming the same way uh, because Twitch obviously is the place to stream if you have an audience already. So I'm glad that YouTube is putting more of a focus, but specifically the head of YouTube streaming or YouTube gaming, whatever whatever his handle is or whatever his title is. But he, he's a pretty cool dude. He, he, he lays out a lot of uh, statistics, a lot of graphs, a lot of like like data. And it's pretty cool following him. Uh, and if you're interested in streaming, really look at your options. Cause this dude, I forgot his name already. Uh, what was his name, Daniel? The one who was, uh, I'm, the, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, but, YouTube. but he gives a like, good data for yeah. streaming and heck, sometimes he's even advertised Twitch and Facebook gaming over Facebook. Ryan White. Yeah. Ryan White. So there you a go. lot of That's the, the he, like, he likes po posting data as a whole when it comes to streaming and consequently he's even advertised uh like hey twitch is better for streaming facebook's better for streaming because he puts out data literally uncensored that and he was on that platform yeah so what's great about him is that he that for the most part at least with this track record he definitely doesn't hold back and he gives you hey this is this is the current affairs of the streaming market 
what's benefiting certain like what's benefiting certain quarters like in q1 q2 facebook streaming did better here twitch did a lot better there this is where youtube lands and honestly he he he's amazing he's got a lot of data he makes it seem a whole lot more uh what do you call it uh it's easier to take in um there's this dude named devin nash he He's great when it comes to data as well. If you if you want to get into streaming, these are like the two people that I recommend just because they, they give you data in a nice, easy way to take it in. And I recommend following them just because if it is what it is and you'll able to get a for the most part, Devin Nash is a little bit is biased. And so is this dude from YouTube. But for the most part, they try to give out data un like unbiased as possible. But obviously yeah i'm i'm the kind of guy that's like if you're going to explain something to me you have to say it in a way that's like okay you have the evidence to prove it you know what i'm saying if you just tell me it's just better or this this and that you need to provide information um or statistics or data or things like that um but yeah so yeah that it just it, i want to bring that up with the whole like Compa compare and contrast you got youtube gaming which they've admitted okay we need to improve right. we need to get you know better search algorithms we need to get better um clipping potential we need to do this this and that um but also speaking about that i actually relate the fact that they said they're working on a way because again like i've always said that if you want to grow as a streamer you have to make content outside of your streams in order to get more eyes towards you and I like the fact that they said not only we're going to improve the clipping option, we're also going to make it possible to convert those clips into vertical videos that you could put on your TikTok or your YouTube shorts. And that's kind of cool because it's like, oh, shit, you not only you're making clipping more searchable, but you're also making clipping more easier and more better for people to just to make content for elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? And. That's like the main reason why I've tr I'm considering just permanently switching over uh, to YouTube. And no, I'm not banned off Twitch. I know that's like the common thing people say, like, "Oh, you're streaming on YouTube because you get banned on Twitch." No, I'm I'm still there. I just saw potential future on streaming on YouTube rather streaming on Twitch because I'm gonna make YouTube content there. I want to make YouTube Shorts. I want to make a community page. I want to do this and that. Twitch is so on the far end of the room where it's like, yeah, I'm only going to stream there that doesn't really work with me you know what i'm saying and i i think that that's what most people do is that they already are you know contract under twitch because with twitch you do have an exclusivity contract so most people when they want to switch over they got to like wait for that contract to sign run out and then they could switch over right, right. It, and i i think that that's like a, a good thing to say and as far as like my experience go i will say that streaming on youtube was there's things i really like about it as a streamer like for my first youtube stream there's things i really like about it and there's things that kind of fucked me up but granted uh i'll just give the quick rundown i really love the idea you could schedule a stream ahead of time i love that feature i like the fact that i could treat it like a video where it's like hey i'm gonna go live at six o'clock here's the youtube link if you don't want to wait in the chat you click a remind button that i go live in 15 minutes and if you want to wait until the stream goes active you could go ahead and and just tune into the stream the moment it goes live i love that feature because there's been this debate and discussion lately about should starting soon screens be a thing because going back to twitch for example as someone if you're watching a twitch streamer that doesn't that has ads on well no they can't even turn off ads because you could do that on youtube you can't do that on twitch like you're gonna go imagine you want to give random joe schmo here with five viewers like you want to give him a shot you know he's streaming this game that you like and you're like i'm gonna give him a watch you click on his fucking stream then you get through three ads 15 second ads and then after all those ads are done you get a fucking starting soon screen 
That's ridiculous. And people are going to like be pissed off and they're going to be like, man, I'm not going to fucking sit through this shit again. So then they leave. But with YouTube, with the whole fact like, hey, you could schedule the stream. You could wait in the chat room. And then when the stream starts, it goes live. I like that. I really fucking dig that, you know. Um, the only thing that I did have a little bit of issues that the best way I could describe YouTube is that YouTube added, I guess, a middleman to the process. You know, I, I don't know if you ever streamed on Twitch, Marcos, but, uh, you know, when you stream on Twitch, you're given one stream key and then you put that stream key in OBS. And then from that OBS, you click start streaming and it, bah, it treats it like a video signal. And then, bam, it goes on to your channel. Right. With YouTube, they try to add like a middleman to the whole process where it's like you have to click start on OBS and then you have to wait for the signal to hit the YouTube. And then if YouTube detects the signal then later you get to click go live on youtube and then later you go live on the on the website i thought that was like an unnecessary step i thought i could see the reason why it exists because i guess to them it's called auto stop and our auto start and auto stop where it's like if you click live on obs the stream goes live on youtube right but I guess the reason why they introduced that feature is because in case if you're having like a buggy OBS for some reason and your stream just dies off, YouTube will basically be like, oh, you know, the stream isn't done yet. The stream is just having problems. He'll come back later, you know, and I could see why that's a feature. But, man, I turned that shit off. That thing was like way too like it, it was such an unnecessary middleman. Like I really didn't. Uh, like that but you know whatever that that's just my only gripe but then again it was my first stream uh i think i figured it out you know it's one of those things you got to learn to do it the first time and then afterwards you do it better you know like the quote prince said like they say the first time isn't the best but i would do it all over again you know what i'm saying you know i've never enjoyed i don't mind mid rolls right that doesn't bother me but one reason i hate going on twitch is i go into someone's channel i want to watch the things i'm immediately hit with an ad I immediately click off and I'm like, I'm not going to, yeah, it's, I'm not going to watch yeah, this. It's crazy. I'm not going to watch this. Just not even not statistically even just, speaking okay. over 50. I'm willing to bet over 50% of your new viewership leave because they don't want to sit through that fucking ad that you can't turn right, off. Which is one of the reasons why statistically, this is one of the things that, uh, I, w I will say his name again. Devin Nash actually points out. If you want to get into streaming, please look at his stuff. Highly recommended. But like when I'm on YouTube, I don't get an ad mainly because I have that YouTube premium that I had for years now. Uh, because I've been using my phone a lot for YouTube, like to the point where it's like my most used app because I, I run a lot of things in the background. And while uh, I'm literally just like podcast music, whatever, in the background while I'm doing my day-to-day -day tasks. And there's no ads, and I'm happy with that. But if I'm going, like even with Facebook gaming, I get mid-rolls. Mid-rolls does not bother me whatsoever because they're short clips, they're short ads. Literally the longest ad I, I always get is 15 seconds. And that's it. And there's always one ad. Sometimes it's a second ad, but you can skip the second ad if you want. Um, but when it comes to Twitch, and it's right at the beginning, I literally click off. I can't. I literally can't. And usually when you, let's just say uh, I'm on Daniel's stream, and he raids someone like a friend of mine, right? With the raid, I don't see for the most part an ad. However, I feel like that's preferred way of seeing someone else's channel because the ad just like ugh, it really turns me off and i really don't like going on twitch for that reason and there's no way around it either because unless you're subscribed to that channel which you have to give money to twitch and then that money goes back to the streamer there's no like youtube premium equivalent that's the point that's the thing yeah. and like with youtube like i said you could just turn off the ad you could just just be like fuck it i don't want an ad on my on my channel click it off you know what i'm saying and like with streamers like yeah i get it on twitch you could technically like if it's like hey guys i'm gonna go take a piss real quick here's an ad 
you make like 200 bucks right there like okay i get that like that's fine if i could you know turn it on whatever the fuck i want but if it's an ad that is going to play like right before someone tunes into my stream i don't blame them if they fucking leave that people patients are super fucking fickle i will say with regards to uh twitch's rules when it comes to like hey if you're gaming and you go to use the bathroom or whatever and there's nothing playing that's something twitch doesn't like and i'm just like the guy wants to go poop, dude. Relax. If he said he's gonna go, oh, poop, it's lack of lack of broadcaster. Yeah, yeah like he, wants to, he said he's gonna go, get, go go poop, dude. Like, what what are you so up bent about? Like, just chill. I think I don't know. I don't know what's the stigma of that rule though, because I remember one time I was hanging out with a friend of mine, right? And I was watching him stream, and I'm like, "Hey, man, are we still gonna get pizza?" He's like, "Yeah, man, we're gonna get pizza." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I, I I'm and he's streaming, and I'm like, "All right, man. Well, I'm on my way." He's like, "All right, cool, dude. I'll see you later." I get pick this motherfucker up, right? And I'm seeing him, and he's still streaming. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's going to say bye to the chat. Hey, chat, hi, how's it going? You know, and I walk away, right? And I'm thinking, like, okay, he's going to say bye to the chat. He's going to go eat pizza. Then later, we're, we're good to go, right? And and then later, as I'm, you know, I, we're eating pizza, and I'm talking to him. I'm like, hey, man, you know, how's the stream going? He's like, oh, it's still going. I'm like, what do you mean it's still going? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I just left it on as a starting soon screen. I'm like, you left the stream on? He's like, yeah, you know, I'm just gone for a couple minutes. Like, dude, we've been here for, like, over 30 minutes. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing and i just was so surprised like why the hell did you think that was a good idea so i don't know how long that rule lasts in place i know that's more like a joke where it's like you know if you want to fuck with someone on twitch or, or like on, on stream you just be like oh lack of broadcaster guy stepped out for 10 seconds to go take a piss like we got to report him huh you know that's true but uh but that's still but yeah that still i bothers I, me like who cares it's well no your friend's situation that's kind of like why <laughs> why like yeah it's just like why like just end the stream and then come back and start the stream all over again that's true fuck it just stream us eating pizza at this point like i i would be more okay with that and then it's like we have to tell him like hey man you shouldn't do that because that's against the rules that's true uh a lot of people obviously i'll end with this because i've repeated it time and time again yeah well, well let's wrap yeah yeah with regards to like big people going from youtube or from twitch to youtube twitch to youtube one thing yeah. that they're enjoying is the contracted hours that they're supposed to do that they're supposed to stream and it's a lot less on twitch so they don't uh, a lot of big of these big creators are feeling less burnt out less stressed to to put in this content obviously you need to be cut from a specific skill a very special silk to to be able to be an entertainer for a certain amount of hours not everyone can be a and hassan who could stream for two digit out like hours every day because that's just what he does and that's how he's wired to do it right not everyone's like that they get burnt out within like a month uh so that being said like people are for the most part just happy with these exclusivity like contracts when it comes to like not exclusivity exclusivity contracts i'm sorry when it comes to big streamers coming with a big audience their contract says hey you need to record a set amount of hours and they're i like lower, I, I don't set. think that's I don't think that's a thing, though, because you could be a Twitch channel with a partnership and still not stream for months on end, and you could still be a partner. Right, right. Uh, right. There's no there's no contract telling you you have to stream a certain amount every week. Uh, that's on the streamer to do that. Right. I, from what I've seen, every streamer that's gone over from Twitch to YouTube, and this is their word, and it's multiple people saying the exact same thing. I don't know what I'm talking about because I've never done it, but this is, a, this is something that's been reoccurring, that... Uh, 
they're happy with the hours that they're supposed to stream because now in their contract they're supposed to only put a certain amount of le- they're supposed to put less hours. I don't know what their contract said. I don't. I don't, that, I don't know. It's just that, that that idea. I don't know. I I think it might be something outside of the platform, but I don't know about like if you're talking about, like a sponsor stream. Okay, yeah, I could get behind that. But as far as like. I don't think YouTube or Twitch has ever told you you have to stream 40 hours or you have to stream X amount of hours. I think that that's on the streamer's end. For benefits or for, to get like the full, whatever they're, they're offering, you, we need this many hours from you and that's it. It's from uh, what I've heard, from what I've seen. Don't take it on me. Take it on the people who have said it and that's really it. But that's all I got to say about it, that people are at least happier with the less, it's less stress on YouTube with regards to hours needing to broadcast. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely I'm happy. It makes me definitely happy to see uh, YouTube, you know, pick up the slack. So we're definitely I'm definitely looking forward to see 2022, how things are going to drastically change. I think Twitch really needs to start realizing that, hey, I know that we're the top streaming platform, but we have YouTube, which is the top YouTube uh, video content platform now is a liable argument. And with every competition, especially in the capitalist system, you get a better and product. So Facebook to me, being the top social media platform, which has its own live streaming thing. Well, it's now meta. It's now meta, Marcos. We're now entering the metaverse. Sure, sure but even then, like, l- l- although it doesn't really like advertise live streaming as much, there's a lot of live streaming there. It's kind of scary. I only know one person who streams on. I found out that Zlaner streams on Facebook, and I was like, I said, I was like, oh, you stream on Facebook? Cool. I'm not gonna even waste my time. I'm sorry, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I, I refuse to use Facebook. But, uh, yeah, holy shit, it's 8 o'clock. We should definitely wrap up. Uh, so, yeah, Marcos, let's go ahead and wrap up. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the DKM podcast. Uh, if you haven't yet, please follow us on Twitter. If you haven't yet, please drop a subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We're definitely trying to get that to grow. Um, as you guys know, you can listen to us on any st- audio streaming services like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. You know, uh, you could w- listen to us on any of those platforms. So if you don't want to watch us on YouTube, you have that alternative over there. Um, if you haven't yet, join our Discord server. We would love to have your company and see how we could grow our little community and see if we can make it to a bigger community. But uh, I think we're done, folks. I think there's nothing else left to say. Thank you so much for watching. Take care. Stay safe. Until next time. See ya.